Coming to you live from Norman, Oklahoma. It is your favorite podcast with all the hottest takes in town. You're listening to Burgers and Brats with your hosts, Braxton Poe and Matt Marks. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Matt Marks here with Braxton Poe, and we've got a great episode for you today on this Friday afternoon, Friday morning, wherever you're listening to on Friday. It is Friday, and we got a special guest. Now, our guest isn't here in Oklahoma. We got an out of state guest today, Braxton. And uh, I got to tell you, a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, he's, you know, we couldn't keep him here in Oklahoma. That's fine. You got to go home to the great state of Kansas, but a great friend working for the university uh, at, at Kansas, um, Jacob Thomas, a good friend, a good, a good sports guy. This guy knows a lot, and I'm excited because we got a hot topic to talk about tonight. But Jake, good to have you on, my friend. Good to be on, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. That's right. Well, okay. Well, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Can't really say that down here, but hey, you know, that's good for you. No, I'm kidding. But hey, Jake, how you been, man? How is everything up there in Kansas right now? Cold. Cold, but well. Uh, just don't talk football up here. That is not well at the time. Well, hey, too bad we we're going to ask you questions about Les Miles. <laughs> Fire away. I'm ready. Yeah, but Kansas gets Texas this weekend at home. Could be another upset. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what, like the last three or four years, KU's given them a game. I think only one of those was kind of a blowout, but every other one that they've faced often has been at least one possession. So I'm hopeful. I hold out for the Jayhawks. I think they can do it. Well, yeah, last, yeah. last year was a game-winning field goal. And then uh, basketball's looking good, though, this year. You got that to look forward to. They are, yeah. Tough early season drop to Gonzaga. They kind of humbled them, but hopefully they can turn around off of that. Well, I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but uh, the Kansas-Texas game got canceled this weekend. Really? Oh, wait, I did see that. That was this afternoon. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, it got canceled. So that... um, Hate to burst that bubble, but you know what? Maybe maybe this cancellation will still have be able and enough power to fire Tom Herman. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Kansas was able to knock out Charlie Strong. Maybe just this cancellation, eh, they'll still knock Herman out. Uh, so I'd still give the win to Kansas if that happens. Still give the win to Kansas. I support that. You can't lose if you don't play. Exactly. Right, so Braxton, uh, uh, yeah, big news in the Big Ten. Uh, you want to talk about that? I know you were heated. You were texting me when this came out. You were just so upset about the Big Ten changing the rules to let Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, so uh, you know, I was talking to our uh, to Jake and, and to our good friend Jacob Clements, you know, who's who's been on our show before, and you know, we were talking about this, and I, you know, just kind of was almost stunned, like it's almost laughable. Um, but I had to bring Jake on. We had to get Jake on to talk about this because, Jake, you had some pretty heated words. And, man, you let loose today. You let us know. Tell us why, what you think of this decision, and what would you do if you're, you know, Indiana? What would you do if you are in the role of, uh, you know, on the Big Ten, um, you know, conference, you know, sitting in on those meetings? What do you do if you're Mark Emmer? You're just the president of the NCAA. What would you do in, in these different roles? I want to hear your thoughts on this, man. But Indiana, we'll start with Indiana if I'm in their role. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's too much they can do. Um, I think the really the, the toughest part is that, you know, they bring this to the Big Ten, brings this to their athletic directors to vote on, uh, to waive this uh, policy that they put in place for the season. And, 
you know, it's clear that majority voted in favor of this, if not all. Um, but I'm sure that all that Indiana can uh, truly do action-wise would be to vote against that. So I haven't seen the breakdown. I haven't seen where the, the votes went from each school and their AD. But I would imagine, I mean, unless if I'm crazy, I feel like Indiana would have voted no on that. Uh, because, I mean, rather than uh, whatever paycheck you're going to get from getting a team in the playoff, I'm sure that Indiana would choose a chance to play for the conference championship over that. Um, but I could be wrong, you know. Um, if I'm Mark Emmer, I, uh, you know, there's not anything that he can change necessarily, but uh, I'm not too optimistic uh, that he would step in and say anything. Uh, personally, I think that I, man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I feel like there needs to be some sort of consistency in the Big Ten, which I get that this year is everything but that. But in a year that's not consistent, you need to do your best to be that. And them not being that is exactly what the problem is here. And I think that a lot of people are going to get on to me and say, Ohio State's clearly the best team in the conference. They should be in the playoff. They should play for the conference title. And the thing is, is you're absolutely right. I support that. I agree with that. You're right. They're clearly the best team. They beat Indiana head-to-head. It's clear that they would belong in the conference title at the time being. But the problem that I have is 10 days before you're kicking off in Indianapolis, you are having to bring a vote to change what team will be there. That's my problem. The problem is not Ohio State. The problem is the Big Ten. And the problem is how they've managed this and the fact that it looks so bad to have to change your policy so that you can get the right team in. I mean, it's all... You know, a lot of people will argue the on-game, it's on the field, it's the results of the games, but I I mean, it's all money. It's all that. That's the whole reason for all of this. you got to get your paycheck. you got to get your team in the playoff if they're good enough to be there. So, you know, conferences don't want uh, their playoff-worthy teams to, to choke and not make it. You know, they want that paycheck. So, I mean, this is all just a money grab, and it's unfortunate because that just makes – college football feel feel rigged in my opinion so you know i just i get that not every year you're having to change a policy for it but you if you're going to do this i just think this should have been the decision in september when you chose to come back all policies set forth from there are stuck for this season if you feel like you messed up ohio state didn't get in you fix it next season i don't know i'm off my soapbox guys but please like feel free to chime in i'll calm down Uh, yeah (laughs) I mean, I agree with everything you said. They set these rules back before the season started. You knew what you were getting into with COVID. Games were going to get canceled. Uh, I We all know, we all agree, Ohio State is a top-four team in the country. But, I mean, you set these rules in place in the beginning of the year, and now you're not sticking by them. It is upsetting uh, to watch. I know I don't. we don't really have a say, or we don't have a chance at the college football playoff, but these other teams like Cincinnati – uh, maybe Iowa State. Uh, it, it's just sad to see that now it's just the Big Ten just doing it to for the money, like you said, and just for that they're going to get into the playoff now no matter what because no, Northwestern is not going to stop them. Yeah. So you know, one thing I wanted to add, so the Hoosiers uh, had a, a statement out there. Uh, Athletic Director Scott Dolson put out a statement. He said, Coach Tom Allen and I are proud of this team and the success we've had so far this season. We're the only one of two teams in the country with three top 25 victories and a match the program record for Big Ten wins. Although we understand the conference's decision, we're disappointed. 
from the start of the year, we said we can only control what we can control. We had a chance during our spot in the Big Ten championship game, but ultimately fell a touchdown short on the road against the great Ohio State team. We look forward to resuming activities, completing one of the best seasons in school history. you got to feel bad for this team. I mean, really, and going back, Jake, what you were saying about Indiana, I mean, their only loss this season, 6-1, and one, their only loss came against Ohio State at Ohio State. But, I mean, this was a game they made a great comeback. Like, they could have got – they could have won this game, right? And they had a shot early on in the game. It just didn't go their way. Um, a tough season losing their quarterback, Penix Jr., um, you know, now out for the season. It, it, this is it's just such a clown move by the Big Ten to go against what they said in stone because, yeah, they didn't get their person. I mean, this is almost – you look at this in any other situation, and this is evidence of someone going, we didn't get our person in. We'll do anything at all costs to make it happen. I mean, that's what the yeah. situation that this is in. They didn't get Ohio State in the spot they knew they thought they were going to get. So they had to change the rules. It's disgusting. It just It's not even sports. It's not even uh, the right way to do anything. And it's its sickening for the sport. Um, so I, I just I, – I hate that. I really do. I hate that for the Hoosiers because it, they've been a fun team to watch. I mean, this is the definition of 2020 where everything's flipped upside down. No one knows what's going to happen. And Indiana emerges on top. And we all thought, hey, Michigan was going to get kind of the last laugh. If Harbaugh is going to go out after this year, which we can talk about that in a second, then he's going to say, we're taking Ohio State down with us. If that rule stayed in place, you know, I mean, it's COVID, obviously. There's cases. But in a way, you can say, hey, Harbaugh say, hey, we're, we're closing this down. So Ohio State gets held out, too. If we're not going in, they're not going in. And then you change the rule, and then now they're in. It's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. It's a, it's, this entire fall has been a mistake by the Big Ten. They, from day one, they were thrown off and it was just uh, a repair job since, and it still is. Like, they're just trying to fix the damage that they did earlier on. You know, they were so adamant about not playing. Other people start playing and them in the Pac-12 realize, okay, crud, like, maybe we should try and fix this. They throw something together. Fortunately, the Pac-12 doesn't have to worry about this same scenario right now. But the Big Ten has Ohio State, so they've got to try to get them in at all costs. And that's where it is really heartbreaking for Indiana because, you know, I get the yeah, they lost on the field. They weren't embarrassed. They could compete with Ohio State, a really solid team. So that just shows who Indiana is capable of being at least. But the fact that you establish that and – at the end of the day, Indiana sat atop your your conference standings, then, you know, it's just it's sad that you had to fix it all the way to a week away from the conference championship. That just shows that, you know, I you can look at my social media and it's littered with discussions, discussions, quote unquote, on this with other people. But one guy said, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, this was a common sense move by the conference. And my response is a common sense move would have been not creating this policy. Like it wasn't common sense to have this in place. And that's why they're fixing it. Like I'm seeing this praise for the conference. Like this was smart by the conference. Like, no, they're repairing their crappy job. This isn't smart. They're just fixing it. Like it's a mess. And like the Big Ten is the last person on this planet that deserves any praise right now. This is a disaster. I I'm appalled by how they managed all of this. It's so sad. Those discussion posts must have been from Ohio State fans, right? 
Of course. I mean, I, I was telling myself, I was like, don't even talk to Ohio State fans. We all know their perspective. We all know what they think, which I, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess if Oklahoma was in that spot, you know, I'd like to say that I would feel kind of weird going into it. But I'm sure I'd be happy, you know, that I'd at least get to compete. And so I'd probably defend it, of course. But, I mean, a little part of me would feel, you know, ill that we had to take this to a vote. <laughs> Feels weird, man. I, I do want to give credit to the Big 12, though. Um, they've messed up in the past. They, they've been a laughing stock for a few years. But this year, every game will have been made up or uh, it will have been made up that was canceled due to COVID, except for this OU West Virginia game. So every game that was canceled will be played. So great job by Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 on that. Yeah, they gave that buffer in the schedule. I mean, that that's they, they played it. I mean, they didn't start the season right on time, but they started a few weeks later, and that's exactly what you needed to do, right? That's You have to – you don't start a season a month and a half in. You know, and expect, I mean, you, you give yourself time. You play a game, then you're off for two weeks or you're off for a week or whatever. I mean, it worked out very well. So, yeah, Big 12 was great. I want to p- point something out when you're looking at the Big 10 conference because besides this decision, I think the Big 10 has been one of the most um, just the definition of 2020 when you look at the standings. Um, I don't think anybody expected, I mean, other than you have Ohio State out there, I think this has been wild to see that only four teams have, I mean, have over two wins. You know, only four teams. I mean, you've got a five and Ohio State, a six and one Indiana, a five and one Northwestern, and a five and two Iowa. I mean, everyone else has just two wins or less, or everyone else has two wins. Sorry, looking at it, everyone has two wins, um, and I think it's crazy when you look at this because we, you know you see Penn State. I mean, they 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 didn't have they were what zero and five, right? Yeah, zero and five, yeah. And now they've won their last two. Michigan's two and four, and maybe we expected that. I don't know. It's Michigan, um, but you know, Nebraska. I mean, we maybe thought that they would take a little bit of a better leap, or at least do something better. But I mean, they look bad again I, still. I mean, Matt, the Big Ten is what we thought. It's Ohio State, maybe Penn State every year. Um, maybe add in a few more, but. Just the bottom of the Big Ten is just awful. I mean, this year, I guess, we have Indiana coming up. Rutgers got a few wins early, but uh, Big Ten just carried by Ohio State every year. Well, that's true. But, I mean, you look at Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, they've only played four games. They're two and two. But, you know, we maybe if they got a few more games in, we would expect it to be a little bit better than that, right? I mean, they've lost two in a row. But, again, it's only four games. It's a, it's a weird year. But – I just, I mean, the big surprise of then Indiana being six of one. I mean, that's been a really good, feel good story, and I, I love praise for Coach Tom Allen. Um, I don't, I don't think his name has been on the radar <laughs> by a lot of people, right? I mean, I think this season has really put him out there, but his 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 team has given him a lot of praise. In fact, I I remember I think someone I saw on Twitter, and I I don't remember who was even saying he should get consideration from the New York Jets. If this is the guy that, you know, can do well with this team, that's exactly what the Jets need. Now, again, that's one guy, and I, I remember it. It was a Jets fan. But still, <laughs> this this kind of stuff, I mean, he's putting Indiana on the map. I mean, this has been a feel-good story out of the Big Ten. And you really you really feel bad for this program and for the guys that said, oh, my gosh, based on the policy, 
They're not playing. We're cheering. Oh my gosh. They're not, they're not playing Michigan this week. Ohio State's not going to be in. We're going to the, we're going to the championship. And then you see the news come out and you're going, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, I wonder how they handled it. I'm sure, you know, in team meetings, there was frustration, but I would be livid. I mean, you would probably have to almost, you know, call security and say, uh, we got to contain this guy because just how ridiculous uh, this decision was. I, I, you just feel so bad for that program. I, I just, the Big Ten, that's just so dumb. All those people who voted again on that uh, should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, we've all been Indiana fans this year. Uh, anything else uh, before we move on to the college football playoff uh, discussion from rankings this past Tuesday? I was going to say real quick uh, on Indiana. Uh, quick thought is that, you know, the NCAA uh, has allowed players to not burn a year of eligibility this year. So if you're Indiana, why not this week you, you have a team meeting, you rally the troops and say, everybody in this room that was thinking of leaving this year or you're going pro, we've all got a year. Let's all come back and let's show it to Ohio State. We get them at home next year. We can all come back, keep our eligibility, see how coach feels. Let's put this team together and go back and win it next year. I don't know. Yeah. Could be a thought. That's a good I, point. I, I like know. that. Just because how Indiana's been, like, forever. I mean, this year was an exception, but you, you're going to have to compete against – Michigan will be better than they were this year. Penn State will definitely be better. You still got Ohio State. Northwestern's always decent. Wisconsin always decent. And I mean, Indiana is Indiana. And if the coaches offered something big this summer, uh, that could be big. Or I don't know if the players want to come back to a new coach. I yeah. think I think Indiana has proven though. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's, you're right. It could be just this one year, but I, I think they've. They've got something to prove that they're not just that normal Indiana team. Maybe they've got something to build upon. Again, I don't know how their roster breaks down. I don't know how many seniors they've got. I don't know what the incoming class is. I haven't done the research on that. But I think they've got something to prove that they don't want to just be that Indiana that's going to be the middle to bottom half of the of the, of the Big Ten. I think they, 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 ha- they have something. But maybe it is a 2020 thing. But I hope they can build upon it because they, they do. it's been a special season for them. I mean, I would argue the bottom two in that division is almost locked in for the next two, three years in Michigan State and Rutgers. So I would say, you know, Indiana's got their chance. You got to get through. Yeah, you're right. You got Michigan. You've got Penn State. Penn State's having a, a an anomaly of a year, um, and then you've got Ohio State. So you can probably be up there and compete. I I would argue, you know, most years this is one of the most competitive divisions in college football. Um, but, you know, if there's any time to maybe take a shot at it, it could be next year when you can hopefully right. have things back. All right, I have something for you guys. They – all right, this is basketball – or this is football. So before last year uh, – last year they were 8-5. and five, But before 2019, they hadn't had a 500 record or above 500 record in more than 20 years. Like the team does not know how to win. They've been they're five and seven for four years from, or they're five and seven, six and seven from twenty eighteen to twenty fifteen. So it's not a winning culture. Okay, but it's not a winning culture. But yet, when you say six and seven and five and seven, I mean yes, that's under five hundred. But it's not like you only have a few wins. I mean they're hovering around a five hundred team. They're not there. You're right. They're not there. But maybe if you're, if you're, I, I don't know. What's their record from last season? What's their record from 2018? Is it getting better or is it 
I mean, when I say getting better, did they go from five and seven? Did they go get the sixth win last year? What are they gradually getting better? Because maybe that's what we're seeing this growth in. And then they've done exceptionally well this year. They have, yeah. The record got better, but it's still Indiana. I think you show a winning culture, though, through how Indiana's won games. Like, it hasn't been like the fact that they won in overtime versus Penn State. I think the teams that don't have that culture in them, they would lose those games. And I think that the fact that they fought back against Ohio State shows that this team has a different culture from previous years, whereas other previous Indiana teams would have just keeled over and, and taken the beating. But they fought back. I think this team's got a fight in them, which kind of shows that change with with uh, this team. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of drop balls away from winning that game, a few turnovers, but... For sure. Um, anything else to add? Uh, college football playoff rankings? I've got nothing. All right. So uh, Tuesday, college football playoff rankings came out. Uh, one through six remain the same. What are some of your guys' takeaways? But I, I, Iowa State at number seven. Two loss, Iowa State above and undefeated Cincinnati. I just think this puts a heart and dagger for any Power 5 team that ever thinks they can make a playoff. I know Cincinnati hasn't played in a few weeks, but it it hurts to see a two-loss team over an undefeated team. Yeah, what do you got, Whole, Jake? Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Uh, that ranking, I mean, I feel like the, the start of the season loss uh, with Iowa State to Louisiana has just been forgotten. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, group of fives are in trouble. Like, this is it, – it just goes to show, I think the – there's no hope for it unless if there's expansion. The committee doesn't want a group of five in there. They don't care. I I just don't see it. Like it's ridiculous. It, I really I truly believe a two to three loss power five will always get in before a group of five, even if they're undefeated. Yeah, I mean Bra- Braxton, go ahead. What do you? Oh no, I was just gonna ask for your opinion. Yeah. Um... I hate that for the group of five. Like, like, can you? I mean, you can't do anything to get into the the playoff. I think twenty twenty would have been a great year to just have a group of five team get in for the fun of it, and see what they can do. I mean, yeah, there ain't no. I mean, look, I, I I know Cincinnati is not the same as you know Alabama. Oh, you know, oh boy, I'm sorry that that's not the way it is. But can these guys play? Of course they can. You know, I would love to see, maybe not Alabama, but love to see a matchup against, you know, a Cincinnati, you know, a Cincinnati or Notre Dame, a Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio State. There you go. Let's have just the battle of Ohio right there. I mean, give them a chance. Give them a shot to play. You know, that's what you see. That's how those great movies are made out there of the underdog story, the David and Goliath type story that, oh, my gosh, you're going against this big giant right here. But yet, you pull off the the miracle. I mean, if, if this is what they're going to do every year, yeah, you could say it looks good on paper or, you know, strength of schedule. I get that. Those are always important values. But if a group of five is never going to have a chance, I mean, yes, you play for a bowl game. It's not all about the college football playoff, but that's your national championship right there. I mean, that's what it should be, right? That's the ultimate thing. So if you're never going to give them a chance, why even bother? I mean, it, it, I, I think that's something I wish they change. And I guess the only way it would change, and we've talked about this, Jake, we've had this discussion a lot too, is you'd have to ex- explain the, expand the playoff. 
you know, to either six teams or eight teams. And then, you know, you can't really go any more than eight because if you go beyond eight, it gets a little, I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're asking college players to play too much. Exactly. That's too much. And they're going to be opting yeah. out because they don't want to go that deep and too many games for them. I was listening to Dusty Dvorak, and he had Bob Soups on, and he was talking about, Bob Soups was talking about how he would love to see a Power 5 playoff, have them have their own playoff and own national champion. I thought that'd be a yeah. great idea. I mean, it'd be fun to watch. Well, that, yeah, that, uh, too, derives from, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Knight Commission. It's this commission outside of uh, college athletics that reviews college athletics, the, the stance of it, what's going on, and they will do these studies, and then they'll uh, report their findings to the NCAA. And I think it was last week or, or two weeks ago, the Knight Commission comes out and uh, submits this report to the NCAA, and it advises them to essentially separate the Power Five into their own division. And that's exactly the reason why, right? What, where Bob Stoops is going with it is that you have these programs that are, you know, I get people will say, you know, they can beat them on the field. I get that 100%. But financially, the followings, all of that, these Power 5 schools are worlds ahead. And it's just not close. And that's where these group of fives can't, can't touch them. So that's where you really need to start considering to separate them create their own division. And I've always loved this idea personally because now we can ax our week 13 Alabama versus Mercer game. And we can actually have <laughs> yes. to schedule a Power 5 opponent. You can only schedule your Power 5. So I'm totally in favor of that. Unfortunately, it, you know, it, it breaks my heart for the small schools that you, know, you have this QB that's a two-star and now gets to go play at Alabama and get trucked but he gets the opportunity at least. But it gets rid of that, but it makes more sense in my opinion. I'm totally in favor of that. Yeah, I like the idea as well. Um, anything else before we get into our NFL picks? I got nothing. All right. We shall start Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, a touchdown and a half point favorite. Um, Minnesota... Uh, they're leading rusher. Um, Jared, what? What's what's the running back's name, Matt? Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Dalvin Cook. I don't know why that wasn't coming to my head. Uh, but Jared got, Cook. Yeah, I was I was thinking Jared Cook for some reason. Uh, but Minnesota has a twelve hundred yard rusher, and they they have a thousand yard receiver in Justin Jefferson this year. Minnesota is fourth on offense. Tampa Bay seventh on defense. And Minnesota, they're playing pretty dang good football. Uh, four and one in the last five. Uh, there was a double or an overtime winning in Jacksonville, which kind of hurt. But Tampa Bay, they've been three and two last five. Should be a high scoring offensive affair. I expect Tampa Bay though to get back in gear before the playoffs. You got Tom Brady; he's going to want to get this team in check. So I've got Tampa Bay winning twenty eight twenty five. I've got Tampa Bay taking a loss here. I'm going with Minnesota. I like when you have feeling back. Justin Jefferson has been incredible. Um, and Kirk Cousins has been a, a top five quarterback right now these last couple of weeks. Uh, so I like the way they're going. And we'll see what happens if Mike Evans plays because, again, he bothered by a hamstring. We'll see how that all works out. It is a home game. I get it. I think the Vikings are coming in hot, though. Um, I'm going Minnesota. And I think Minnesota will win this 28-21. Jake, what are your thoughts on this Vikings uh, Buccaneers game? 
like the, the disagreement here. I think I am actually going to side with Braston on this one. I like, um, you know, I, I think that Tom Brady may not be looking like he's in his prime or anything, but that offense can hum when it's humming, and that defense can work when they're working. So it didn't against the Saints a while back, but that's okay. I think they're piecing it together a little bit more. I don't think they'll have a problem with Minnesota. I get Minnesota's 4-1 and one in their last five, but I know that one was to the Cowboys, which is a giant eyesore. <laughs> so I know Minnesota <laughs> has their – I know they have their flaws. So. Yeah, I heard siding with Tom Brady on a game. but uh, Next game, Indiana at Las Vegas. Indiana fair by three. Matt, who you got in this one? Ooh, well, you know, I uh, I do have the uh, Raiders winning this one. Um, again, I, I like – I like what I like what Derek Carr's doing. Yes, I know last week almost a loss to the Jets, um, but again, I, I I like I like this team. I think we'll see. Josh Jacobs is out. That's going to be tough. But um, just Darren Waller, look what he did: two hundred yards receiving against the Jets last week. I like this team a lot. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, you know Philip Rivers de- dealing with a little uh, toe injury, but he's playing through it. Um, they've got they've got some stacked weapons. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to go a 31-28 victory, though, for Derek Carr and the Raiders. Jacob? I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Las Vegas has been probably one of my biggest surprises this whole season for the NFL. Um, I was ready to write off Derek Carr, uh, but, man, he's proved us all wrong this season. Competing well, uh, taking that team out. I don't know what Gruden's done to him, but it's working. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got Las Vegas. Uh, not that much. I'll go by a few. You guys are seriously taking the Raiders after what happened last week. Come on. I am so upset. I picked the Jets last week. I was a full zero blitz out from winning that game. I'm upset with the Raiders. I'm not picking them. Uh, My AFC South calls. They're playing some really good football. I just don't see this Raiders offense getting pretty hot against that uh, great Colts defense. Uh, Look out for Justin Houston. He's got seven and a half sacks, one forced fumble, two safeties on the air. Two safeties. Uh, Colts defense too much for the Raiders. I'm going Colts 27-18. All right. We got a great QB battle. Kansas City at Miami. Uh, Kansas City favored by a touchdown and an extra point. Mahomes versus Tua. Kansas City, though, coming off a sleepy Sunday night performance against my Broncos in Miami. They are 4-1 and one in the last five. I think Kansas City looks to get back on track. They got to make a statement after last week. Now that the Steelers lost, they're going to go for that number one spot. Um, I think Mahomes might have 300 yards and four touchdowns at the half, though. He's going to have a great game. Kansas City wins 34-19. to Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Kansas City is going to win this game. Uh, Miami has looked great, though. When you have Miami and Buffalo right there in the FC East, I mean, give Brian Flores so much credit for what he's done. And that team has just, I mean, has done a really good job in Miami. But you're going against you're going against Goliath, and, and uh, Miami is not – going to be David uh, they're not they're not taking down they're not taking down the Chiefs uh, that team is just lethal uh, they are exceptionally good and they've got too many weapons that the Dolphins can't keep up so Chiefs are going to win big I think the Chiefs are going to win by 21 um, but you know Dolphins have had a great season this is just not the the matchup you want to have who's in a windstorm right now is that you Jacob a windstorm I am getting I hear, some I hear wind that in my ear. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm hearing that too. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> All right. I am sitting in a chair. <laughs> um, All right, who do you got, Kansas City? I got to go Kansas City easily. Um, you know, maybe not as easily as I think. Uh, I think the Dolphins defense isn't something to just uh, smirk at, but Kansas City's offense, they're, they're clicking, and I think I agree with the Steelers' loss. I think that there's new life now. Uh, breathed into Kansas City, which sounds weird, new life when you only have one loss. But, you know, they're we're kind of feeling like they're not going to get that one seed. The Steelers are just going to win out. So now uh, Kansas City has all the motivation to to get that top seed and try to get in the best spot to go back-to-back. So KC, I'd, I'd probably go. I'd go by, like, 14. Yeah, I think they should win big. I'm surprised it's only a touchdown and an extra point uh, spread. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. though, um, team I guess you really like they head to Buffalo Buffalo a two-point favorite Sunday night football uh Pitt of course had their loss to the Washington football team last week uh Pitt though is third overall on defense but they need to force Allen into some interceptions because he is playing great football uh Bills only one loss in the last six game and that was the Hill Murray so this team is very very good and the Bills have covered in four straight and Matt, the Bills have not hosted Sunday Night Football in 13 years. So I'm hopping on Bills Mafia. Bills get the win. Pitt loses two straight. Bills 24-21. Bills are a fun team to watch. And again, when you're in the AFC East, all those years you had Tom Brady. You don't anymore. They're leading out of the division. They're fun to watch. And you look at you – you get Stefan Diggs coming on this team, Cole Beasley. Um, this team uh, just – Josh Allen. Is just so much fun to watch as a quarterback. Um, so they, I'm, I'm picking this win. I think uh, Pittsburgh is going to fall to back-to-back games, and that's going to be a, a big blow to their organization. But I think the uh, Bills are red hot right now, and I'm riding the hot hand. Give me the Bills. Wow, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna <laughs> go with the Pittsburgh bounce back in overtime. Whoa, of Juju Smith-Schuster. That guy's a force this year. I think they can continue yeah, on that. TikTok. I think the Buffalo stutters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Pitt's a good team, but uh, coming off a tough loss against Washington, I know their their egos are hurt. So hopefully, they can bounce back. Um, and then finally, Baltimore at Cleveland. Baltimore, a two point favorite. Uh, Jacob, who you got in this one? I gotta go with Cleveland and. I'm shocked by that. I really feel like most circumstances I wouldn't do that. But they're riding pretty high off of last weekend. I hope that they can keep that momentum going. Uh, honestly, I, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for Baker and them to kind of prove a point because I feel like every time they get this high on their high horse, it comes crashing down. So I hope that they can keep riding that wave and uh, keep the momentum and uh, beating Lamar. Yeah, hopefully they can keep riding because they are red hot uh- Ravens have been struggling, and they finally got a good win. I mean, no, it was against the Cowboys, but uh, Lamar finally came back, got the offense back on track in the second half. Browns, though, they heard all that talk versus Tennessee. They came out, balled out. So uh, hopefully against Lamar, I mean, they're still not favored in this game, so hopefully they come out. Uh, it's the number one run offense in Baltimore versus number two run offense in Cleveland. So expect a lot of running because – it is going to be snowing in Cleveland, and Cleveland has – this is like their third or fourth game with some bad elephants uh, next to the river. I think Browns, uh, they, they get the job done 20-13 to 13 in a snowy Cleveland game. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be the odd one out on this one. I'm picking Baltimore. Now, I hate going against Baker. I really do. They're having such an incredible season. But I am going Baltimore in this one. I think Baltimore, you know, they have to. They have to start bouncing back because their season that started off so great came to a crashing halt to where, you know, they weren't a playoff team. And, and again, they need these wins. They need this win especially. Um, so, again, I, I, I hate going against Baker, but I'm picking Baltimore to win this game. Matt, tell me what Baltimore's offense or passing offense is ranked in the league. Passing offense? Ooh, I'm gonna say it's in. I'm actually gonna say it's probably around twenty. Thirty second. Wow. Okay, dead last. Well, <laughs> yikes. That's tough. But again, you when you have Lamar again, with Lamar is a hundred percent, and he's running the ball. I mean, he can make a lot of things happen himself, uh, and that's what's gonna have to happen if they're gonna want to have a shot in this game, and especially if yeah, if it's snowing. I mean. You're going to use those legs. It is a yep. running game. It's going to be a running game. Uh, anything else to add NFL-wise? Got nothing. All right. Uh, on this day in history, uh, 1800, D.C. established – D.C. is established as the capital of the United States. Got yeah, 1792 back in the day. Beethoven receives his first lesson in music – in 1951, Joe DiMaggio announces his retirement from baseball. Now, Matt, do you remember the birthdays? I have no clue. You have the list. So <laughs> I had no clue, my friend. You told me, and I can't remember. All right. Uh, give some birthday shout-outs to William Lloyd Garrison, John Jay, and the great Frank Sinatra. So happy birthday to you guys. Uh, make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, and literally anywhere else you get your podcasts at Burgers Brots. This up today with our latest news on Twitter and Instagram at Burgers Brots. So moving on to some college football picks. Uh, lots of games are getting canceled. So uh, hopefully these games don't get canceled by the time they happen and by the time we put this out. Uh, but first game we're going to start with Tonight, Nevada at San Jose State. San Jose State uh, favored by two. Nevada 6-1, and one, San Jose 5-0. and oh. uh, Turns into a home game, though, for Nevada since uh, no games in California. San Jose is very well-rounded on both sides, offense, defense. And Carson Strong, the quarterback for Nevada, 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, only four interceptions. But San Jose State, they're only giving up 2.7 yards per carry. And Nevada is very limited, very poor on their run game. I think San Jose State wins and clinches a spot in the Mountain West title game. San Jose State, 28-25. I got to go Nevada on that one. Um, okay, I, get, I was thinking of this too. Jake, I got to ask you, do you say Nevada or Nevada? This was coming in my head right now as Braxton was talking. How do you say it? I said Nevada. Nevada. Okay. How did I Braxton, say it? You say, you say Nevada. Interesting. Nevada. Yeah. I think Nevada. I say Nevada. I say Nevada. But, you know, however you say it, tomato, tomato, that's who I'm picking. I'm picking tomato. Uh, that's, that's, I'm picking Nevada to win this one. Uh, I think, again, I, I like this matchup. They do have – okay, so Braxton, correct me. San Jose State, they are undefeated 5-0, and right? Nevada 6-1? Am I correct yes. on that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though they have a loss, I'm giving them. Their quarterback has been insane. I like this matchup. I will admit, haven't really watched them play this year. I'm just going to admit that. But I like I like this. I like for Nevada. I like their chances. And uh, give me Nevada. I'm with you. 
Uh, actually, a family in Reno, so uh, nice. kind of kept a kept a side eye on the Wolf Pack. Um, but yeah, uh, Nevada needs this one. Uh, they want a chance, so they've got to be San Jose. So uh, I'm going with them. Uh, they get the home turf, whatever that means in this world today. But uh, I've got them. Got them winning it. Go Wolf Pack. Good. This should be a very good game. Should be a very good game. Uh, next game, number nine, Georgia heads to 25, Missouri. Georgia, a 13-point favorite. Matt, who you got in this one? Uh, yeah, got Georgia. I, I'm, you know, Missouri's done well. They've, they've done uh, – yeah, it's Georgia. <laughs> it's, it's Georgia. I'm not picking against Georgia. Yeah, I mean, Missouri, though, they've won five of the last six. So Missouri is playing pretty good football, but it's Georgia. They're finally um, – JT Daniels is finally fitting in with that offense. But will Georgia show up uh, or start just start preparing for next year? Their season is basically done. They're not going to SEC championship. So will they show up to Columbia? Uh, Georgia does have a weak secondary, so hopefully Missouri can take advantage of that. But I think uh, – just five stars versus whatever three stars they got in Missouri. Uh, Georgia gets it done. 28-21, Missouri covers. Fourteen. I feel like a 14-point spread. That surprises me. I, yeah. Like Georgia's been sloppy. I know that Daniels is kind of putting it together a bit for them. Um, I don't expect a pretty game out of these two teams. Um, I'm going to go with a, less than a one-score win for Georgia. Uh, I think they'll get it, but it won't. it won't be by much. No, yeah, Georgia, they're, just, they, they're not playing for anything anymore. It's supposed to be rainy. It's 11 o'clock kick, so could be an upset as well. Could be that brewing. Uh, but let's head to Miami, number 17, North Carolina, at number 10, Miami. Miami, a three-point favorite. Matt loves Matt Brown uh, and the Tar Heels, but Jake, um, who you got in this game? Uh, Matt's not alone. <laughs> I love these Tar Heels, man. Uh, yeah, I've got Matt Brown putting together a big game uh, against Miami. I feel like uh, Miami is one of our top ten imposters. Um, so I feel like, you know, they have competed well uh, in most of their games. But to be completely honest, I think they've only played one legit team, and uh, we saw how that went. So I've got North Carolina. I think they're a little more competitive all around, and I see them getting the win. Yeah, got to go North Carolina. You were right. I mean, both of these coaches, Manny Diaz with Miami and Mac Brown with North Carolina, have that Texas connection. Both were, uh, you know, with the Longhorns at a period of time. Um, but I really am a big fan of Mac Brown since he's returned to coaching. Uh, look what they, you know, almost beat Clemson last year, and their just offenses are very high-powered offense. It's fun what he's doing. Um, got to go with Mac. So no, no to Miami. Got to go to North Carolina. Let's go. Yeah, Jacob, I'm with you on how this Miami team, I don't know how they're still in the top 10. They've had two wins by one point, I believe, uh, something like that. But this is Miami's second game in a month, so we don't know what to expect. They haven't played in a while. Miami's good, uh, just don't know which will show up. Uh, UNC, they've been playing great football. Uh, they've they just been so good on offense and defense. Uh, th this should be a great back-and-forth game. But Sam Howell, he is so good for the uh, Tar Heels. I just think he gets it done. And three UNC players uh, will probably go over 1,000 yards on this uh, in this game. So I've got North Carolina winning 
Let's head to Saturday Night Football, USC versus UCLA. USC number 15 in the country is USC's favorite by two and a half. Uh, Matt, who you got in this one? Um, You know, I've I've got to go with – I'm going USC. Um, Don't really have much commentary on it, but I am going to go with the Trojans on that one. So that's that's how I've got it. Uh, USC is they're four and zero. They're playing like old times, and then UCLA they're playing good football too. They're only lost to Oregon, and oh, I'm forgetting their other loss. It was to a good team. Who's in the Pac-12? Colorado, yes, undefeated Colorado. Uh, but yeah, Chip Kelly's finally got UCLA up to par and where they should have been uh, the last few years. Uh, USC quarterback Caden D- Slavis has 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns in four games. And with a win, USC gets into the Pac-12 championship, and it will be their best start since 2006. But that UCLA defense, man, they're holding three of the past four opponents to two touchdowns or fewer. I think Chip Kelly, uh, UCLA gets comes out, gets the job done, prime time. Uh, I think it'll be a final possession game, but UCLA pulls it out 30-27. I like your thinking, Braxton. I love Chip Kelly. Uh, He sort of innovated what football has become in Oregon, and I feel like with time he's getting this UCLA UCLA team where they need to be. Um, They're not great by any means. I mean, they're 3-2, some bad losses in there. But uh, I did watch their last game versus Arizona State, and this team has fight in them. Uh, Thomas Robinson, uh, Dorian, dude, he I've, I've enjoyed him ever since he started there. And enjoy watching him. He's a dual threat, great guy. Um, I fully expect them to give UCL, or USC a big fight here, and I think UCLA can pull it off. Uh, I don't know if they uh, can blow them out by any means. I think they'll be competitive, and this is you know a heated uh, rivalry for Los Angeles. So I've got UCLA playing spoiler here, uh, probably by six, not by much. Like the pick, should be a fun uh, rejuvenation of the rivalry. Hasn't been that good in a few years. So let's see. Uh, final game Navy at Army. No line is even on this one. This game is actually at West Point. First time since World War II. Um, it's 2020, but we still got the game. Navy, though, has lost four straight, and Army has won five of their last six this year. Uh, Matt, I'll give you $100 to tell me how many passes uh, Army has attempted all year. Oh, man. I know it's so high. Um, you know, I've got to go with. I'm going to go. Oof. I'm going to go two. No, okay, no, it's more than that. Why? They um, actually they, throw the ball? Last week, they I, I only threw they one pass, though. I thought they never threw the ball <laughs> one bit. Honestly, last no, week, I, I know it's super low, though, but what what number you got? Uh, it, this year, 67 passes, and they're averaging 296 uh, rushing yards a game. Yeah. So, uh, run heavy, and they're, they're playing good football. They're winning. Uh, Navy, though, gives up. 212 rushing yards a game, so that's not looking good. Um, and they have only scored 13 points in their last two games. Midshipmen, 123rd overall on offense. Army, fourth on uh, fourth on defense. So should be a easy – I think it will be a pretty easy win versus Army. I know it's hard to win in this game, 
Uh, I don't think it will be this year. So go Army, beat Navy, 28-13. I'm picking Army too. Go Army, beat Navy. Let's go, baby. See, here's the thing. I've got extended family in the Navy, so I've got to go with the midshipmen. I think that this is a very much OU Texas type game that you take everything that happens beforehand, you take the team rankings, the team standings, and you throw it all out the window because when these two teams take the field, anything can happen. So I'm going to go with Navy uh, to win at West Point, which would be uh, huge for them. That'd be really symbolic. So go Navy. Boo. Matt, where? <laughs> wow. Wow. For I the first time, that. we get to use the sound effects. Gosh, I hate that you remember that. Come on. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about that. But, yeah, that will be fun to watch um, at West Point for the first time uh, since the 40s. Uh, anything else to add college football-wise before we head into our final segment? Nothing. Sure. Crickets. There's a cricket app, I think, or a cricket sound. No, there's no cricket sound. Oh, thanks, thanks, thank you, thank you. There's a... That kind of not works, but okay. <laughs> it goes on for a minute. All right, uh, moving into our final segment, who would you share a burger and brought with? Uh, I'll go ahead and start on this one. So hydration. I know we all love drinking water, Uh but hydration may be the recipe for happiness. So a survey of 2,000 Americans found that those who keep up with their H2O intake tend to be more optimistic, energetic, and successful. So those who drink six or more glasses, that, that's a lot of glasses. Um, those who drink six or more a day were most likely to strongly agree that they were very happy. And those who report drinking less than just one glass per day, only 12% said they were very happy. So Key to happiness, hydration, and water. Nice. Just make sure it's not tap from normal. Yeah, that's gross. That's super gross. Uh, Jake, do you have any have anything you want to share? Uh, yeah, quick follow up there. That if uh, coffee can be my water, then I guess I'm happy. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, my two cents on the day. Someone to give a shout out to especially here in Kansas City. Uh, a lot of KC fans have been cheering and rooting for the man that helped them in previous years and came back this weekend to help Kansas City again, and that man is Alex Smith. This man was a legend in KC, helped uh, bring the franchise back to being competitive from the dumps that they were stuck in, and then he helps groom this quarterback to become the starter named Patrick Mahomes. And so he goes to Washington, you know, has a gruesome injury, uh, literally fighting for his life and is now back out, not only playing, but smoking the Cowboys at home on Thanksgiving and then beating an undefeated team. All props to Alex Smith. I mean, come on. That guy's a legend. So Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he gets comeback out. player. Seriously, he, he, he deserves yeah. it. Yeah, it's a major comeback story. He better. He really, he better get it. Seriously. Um, the one I wanted to share, this, uh, you know, it doesn't get anything better when you can kind of stick it to the man. Uh, Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates uh, commented on what Coach K at Duke said that he's, you know, was saying that we should just, you know, maybe stop playing basketball. And, 
his response was, do you think if Coach K hadn't lost those two non-conference games at home, he'd be saying that? I think that's just a great response. He's saying what the true average fan out there is just saying. That's what they want to say to Coach K, and he said it during a press conference. So that's amazing. Um, I Give a burger and brought to him. Share, share that with Coach Oates because he's saying what every American's saying. Screw you, Coach K. Matt, have you seen this breaking news that we've gotten about Duke? I have not seen the breaking news. What's the breaking news? All right, drum roll. Duke has canceled all non-conference games for the rest of the year. Wow. Mike, Mike, or Coach K says he wants his players to go home for Christmas as it says Dukes will not play any more non-ACC games. Okay. So they got to him. Wow. Okay, this this goes right back to what I said at the top of the program. You can't lose if you don't play. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. You know, I actually have a lot. Of, I, I do like Coach K, but I don't agree at all with any of this. I mean, just that – what is he do? I don't know. I mean, they probably should have played non-conference to, to begin with. No one probably should have if you're going to do that. But Yeah. Um. All right, uh, anything else sports-wise on this great Friday? Nothing. Crickets. Crows. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Okay, we've probably got to end this thing and get you away from that button because uh, it's addicting. Too many, it is addicting. <laughs> too many crows. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much uh, for being on. If you want to give out your socials for anyone listening, go give you a follow. Hey, it was a pleasure. Uh, yeah, you can probably find me at the uh, Wellington on everything. Uh, if you want to see more rants on the Big Ten and their decisions, uh, check out my Twitter. <laughs> Join the discussion, right? <laughs> Join the discussion. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, well, thanks, Matt, Jake. I was just going to say, good talking with you, Jake. Thanks for being on, man. It was good. Uh, everyone, make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, and anywhere else. You can get your podcast at Burgers Brock. Stay up to date with our latest news on Twitter and Instagram at Burgers Brock. Matt and I, thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe.